have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Silence! The great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it! My life has value! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. with Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Reality Rants. I am Jason Burmes. It is redvoicemedia.com. And today, we're going to be talking about the planned implosion of our economic system And one of the things that I hear echoed again and again and again and again and have over many a year being in this game for an extremely long time is that the empire is collapsing. Empires always collapse. They get too arrogant. They go too far. The empire is collapsing. Let me propose a different scenario for you. This is a planned implosion of the highest order, okay? Don't get me wrong. The the, the collapse is happening before our very eyes. But what people don't understand, whereas other collapses of large empires, although managed to some extent, were not planned in the manner that this one has been planned. Right, Right now... Joe Biden being crowned the emperor is truly the end. Talk about the emperor has no clothes. The emperor has no cognition left. Okay. So signs executive orders, exploring a digital dollar and uh, a CBDC. It's a big deal because he's not in charge at all. Not even a little bit. Okay, now Celsius and Genesis crypto million dollar question remains. Will customers see any of their money again? Yeah, Genesis is done. Celsius, FTX, huge clean out of the cryptocurrency market. Now, is that over? I'm the last guy to ask. I'm certainly no expert on that market. But what I think is happening is you look at how corrupt FTX was. And and the guy that's supposedly the mastermind 
you know, isn't even in jail. Talk about how outwardly corrupt the system has gotten. He's not in jail. Okay. And the people that posted this ridiculous bond of a quarter billion dollars are being protected by the court systems. And it reeks of money laundering, of a, a, a Ponzi scheme beyond what anybody could uh, could imagine, political corruption, all of it. And, and you look at, again, the person that they put in the front of this, and don't get me wrong, culturally, we've always seen that that really weird tech nerd, right, as kind of an archetype. Somebody's a little bit off, got a little bit of genius in him. That guy didn't scream genius ever. Scam bank, uh, bankrupt fraud, right? I mean, seriously, that guy looked like he should have been a Muppet and the third roommate of Bert and Ernie. I'm serious. And it's not to pick on his appearance. His demeanor was cartoon-esque cartoon-esque we'll see where that goes but let me tell you where this is moving this is a planned implosion of of the largest type because as the dollar crumbles as it's being used less and less as a reserve currency for anything as it's not backed by anything as it's being printed at, at an alarming rate after the covid 1984 nightmare where they went to town on printing money and just handing it out. Boom, 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 boom. Gee, I wonder why inflation came. And, and now inflation is on a pace that I don't know if I've ever seen in this country. Not in my gray-haired life. Is that going to stop? No. No, it's not. In fact, it seems like that train is going to be rode until what happens? Well, until there's some kind of an event. And what do I mean, some kind of event? Well, I mean, the World Economic Forum is talking about cyber events. We're seeing very, very odd cyber events and shutdowns of power plants. We're seeing aviation uh, being disrupted by this. So you get something like that, or oh, we've started a war via Russia and Ukraine that we're running and directing on the ground via mercenaries and our intel officers utilizing Starlink technology and our classified program as well. Oh, we're doing that as well. A multitude of things could happen. And that would be it. Cryptolendo Genesis files for bankruptcy. Here are the companies that have collapsed so far. Oh, it's not over. It is not over. All of this coming down in the last month, Mighty Dollar loses a little bit of its shine as 2023 approaches. Just a little bit of its shine. Oh, Bloomberg, how sweet you are. The greenback is still up more than 6% since the end of 2021. 6%. And the greenback's up 6%, just like there's only 8% inflation. And I'm supposed to ignore... It, it, it's not just, first of all, let's start at the baseline. Let's come back a little bit. 
let's start at the baseline of in-your-face outward inflation, okay? When the dollar store literally overnight goes from a dollar to a dollar twenty-five for everything, that's twenty-five percent. That's not eight percent. Now there's a multitude of goods there, isn't there? Just about anything under the sun that can be scaled up to a micro cheap level from toothpaste to spatulas to paper towels to syrup and hot sauce, right? To deodorant, to shampoo, it's all there. That's baseline, baseline. Then you start looking at the increase in your electric and heating bills. And oh my, some people got a creeping up, you know, five, 10%, some 20%. Some people, they're taking them to town, doubling and tripling their bill. Now, is that what was what, what, 8%? Just 8%. No. So rolling planned implosion. You are a, you've already been humiliated globally and under a massive, massive psychological warfare campaign the last few years, which we've never seen. I mean, it's there all the time. They call it programming for a reason. That that's not hyperbole. And subconsciously, these Bernaysian tactics, they work on all of us. They work on me, they work on you, they work. They're proven. MK Ultra scaled up to all of us. Okay. So you've already been degraded, you've already been beaten down, and People are losing it, man. They're losing it. We got two like ridiculously like over the top shootings over on the West Coast of older men. Now, not following, you know, the tagline of these young, angry, incel, white supremacist bigots. No, no, no. If you saw what happened yesterday, and from reports, and and these are just reports. This guy, in a work-related incident, I covered a little bit with John Fitch, uh, had always been an upset individual, finally snapped, killed seven people at like a, a mushroom farm. No, not that kind of mushroom. I know what the, the audience is thinking. No. And I ask myself, was this guy prescribed any type of big pharma medications? Because... Even he turned himself in after killing these people at two different locations. So, yeah, there had to be plotting. It wasn't just he snapped. But then after that, you know, he had to know it was over, especially when he uh, didn't try to get away with it. Are we going to ask about those medications? Would it be, but wow, this guy was on this drug and this drug and this drug for that long. And maybe that caused the snap from reality. I mean, there's always going to be crazy. Bad things are always going to happen. But the narratives that the media are constantly, I mean, I kept seeing it. And they're talking about oh, the, the gun crime in this country. In California, you have some of the strictest gun laws. So you, 
another aspect of this degradation of society, and it's been apparent with this no cash bail and um, crime reform and the mantra of defund the police. I'm not even the, the biggest advocate for law enforcement. I, I think that they need to be held more accountable in many cases. I don't like the good old boys club. I don't like the corruption from within. Okay. So look, I don't usually make it along racial lines. Clearly there are racists in the world. And if that happens, we need to do something about it. That person needs to be dealt with. But in more cases, I see uh, excessive force and brutality as an issue. I see corruption where you get to the level where some of these guys are literally, especially in high crime areas and inner cities, cliques where they are working with organized crime or they are organized crime themselves, selling drugs, sometimes in the human trafficking game. We've went over several stories over the past few years of uh, this happening in New York City, happens in Chicago, D.C. I think that we would be remiss and ignorant to think that it doesn't happen on a, a smaller scale in more rural areas, right? Accountability, it's a good thing. But at the same time, you need law enforcement. You need them. You need people who do bad things to go to jail. I'm not talking about nonviolent drug offenders. Talking about things, people who steal things, beat people up, shoot people, do bad things, hard drug users that then again traffic human beings. There's there's a time where you know you have a hard drug user and you want to get them treatment, and there's another time that same hard drug user is a violent criminal. They are a sociopath slash psychopath. They're a danger to other people and they're committing other crimes. They need to go to jail. You need someone there to protect them. Now you're in a situation where crime is up all over the place. So while they were doing this, I'm, I'm watching CNN yesterday. And a lot of people say, why are you watching CNN? Do you like to torture yourself? I like to listen to all aspects out there. And they were talking about um, mass shootings. And it was like 600 plus sounds ridiculous, right? Six, six, and it is ridiculous. And we'll get to uh, why it is in a moment. 600 plus mass shootings in the last year, you know, and we're on pace again. So that would, that would roughly work out to almost two a day, almost two a day. But the definition of a mass shooting isn't someone going in and trying to kill a bunch of people or succeeding in that. It's four or more people being shot at a scene. Well, okay. <laughs> and then now, now we're talking about something different. Unfortunately, gang violence is a real thing. And not only gang violence, but you get into a criminal that gets into a shootout and all of a sudden, you know, just sprays somewhere and four people get shot. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not happy we're at that level. But I don't constitute that a mass shooting. Look, one mass shooting event where people lose their loved ones, uh, you know, in mass, where 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 people are killed, it, tra tragedy. I, I don't like any of it. But let's not play pretend and lump all these things in together, especially when you have such a corrupt system. And, and really, again, that plays into this planned implosion 
of society, not only economically, again, you've been degraded so much. And now your law enforcement isn't there. Your politicians, I, I mean, they're the worst they've ever been. Your great leader, okay, and his and his cackle embarrassed machine behind him are, are the biggest joke you've ever seen. You remember, most people won't remember because it was even really before my time, but I watched a lot of Nick at Night as a kid, a lot of Nickelodeon, a lot of old, 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 old Saturday Night Lives, okay? And they used to pick on Gerald Ford because he was an older guy. Chevy Chase would fall down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Gerald Ford, into his twilight, into his twilight, leaps and bounds better than what we got with Biden right now, period. Leaps and bounds. So as I've said this, this on both sides of the aisle, House Republicans moved to regulate crypto industry with a new subcommittee. Look, we already have the Securities and Exchange Commission. We already have all these laws. If people were doing their jobs, the cryptocurrency uh, market would already be regulated correctly. But what's really happening is certain players are allowed to go super Ponzi like FTX. And uh uh-oh, sometimes they go out and other players that are doing the right thing, they're going to be prosecuted. They're going to be put under the microscope. They're going to be tried to work out of the game because what they, and when I say they, the predator class, those in control, those instituting these systems don't want is a decentralized version of blockchain technology, of blockchain currency. They want a centralized version based in command and control for a social credit score that is based in a carbon credit system. That's it. And via that carbon credit credit system, we're talking under the skin, where you can live, what you can eat, what you can put in your body, all right, where you can travel, all of it, all of it. Like if you watch the movie The Island, think about the the what what's going on there and the, the regimentation of those those uh, people and take it to another level even though they're they're basically a meat market if you've never seen the film. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We love the spoilers. Uh, let's see what we got right here. Let's keep going down the line on these. Uh, the uh, Man, this, this this is killing me. This, this one doesn't want to do it because it's got an ad blocker, but that's all right. We can just skip over it. There's so many of these. Why the U.S. is eyeing a digital dollar? Well, because... Our dollar is not backed by anything. It's certainly not backed by gold. Our economy, for the most part, is based in the the military-industrial complex and big tech, and allowing our populace to be, you know, mindless consumers in most cases. And and they want to cut us off from the vast majority of that consumption. But that's just where we're at, and it's not Rome is burning. And so this is a planned implosion to take the military might of the United States, all right, circumvent that by distributing it across the world as they bring in globalism and make us the enemy in many, many ways. 
Yeah, we, we already are the enemy to uh, so many out there in the world, but we're not the model because at a baseline, again, going back to where we are, no matter what you think about the founding, freedom of speech, the right to privacy in your persons and property, that just doesn't jive with the fourth industrial revolution. Okay, privacy on on no level jives with we want to genomically take over the entire species of not only human beings, but every species on the planet. Okay, and I talk a little bit with Jay Dyer about that over at the Reawaken America tour. If you guys checked out the premium or went over to Podbean and listened to the premium from yesterday. CBDC projects pick up the pace as 2023 kicks off. You better believe it. That's over at the American Banker. Um, about a dozen CBDCs have launched, according to a tracker from the Atlantic Council, which adds 17 are in pilot and 72 are in research and They're pushing this forward. This is the harmonization of their techno-medical fascism, of their transhumanist future and nightmare all right that's what this is make no mistake about it bank of america believes central bank digital currencies are the future of money and by and by the way guys every single one of these articles i'm, I'm, I'm hammering this one home today hammering home because it's a big deal it, these are just all these stories are just in the last month. This is the seventh. This is last week. It's everywhere there. And I, I'm I got a clip which really lays it out. I don't know who this gentleman is, uh, but they're at a university. And and spoiler alert, he's kind of figured out the scam. So so you know why don't why don't we do that? Why don't we bring him up? That's what we like to do. We'll do it live. Okay, here we go. Because I'm pretty skeptical. I keep asking anybody, anybody at the Fed or outside of the Fed to explain to me what problem this is solving. A digital, I can send anybody in this room $5 with Venmo right now, right? No, seriously. So what is it that a CBDC could do that Venmo can't do? And all I get is a bunch of hand-waving. I get a bunch, well, maybe it's better for financial inclusion. Maybe it's better for cross-border remittances. Maybe. Is there any evidence that it is? And, you know, they say, well, what about China? China's doing it. Well, I can see why China would do it. If they want to monitor every one of your transactions, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. If you want to impose negative interest rates, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. And if you want to directly tax customer accounts, you could do that with the central bank digital currency. You can't do that with Venmo. So I get why China would be interested. Why would the American people be for that? Yeah. Why would we be for that? Well, let me tell you why. If you are forced into a system where you can no longer heat your home, put gas into your vehicle and feed your family, you will bend the knee to that subservience. When a Venmo or a PayPal or a bank, in fact, I just got a, a direct message from uh, my friend, uh, Lee Stewie. I, I need to look into this. Well, apparently one of her uh, her friends, instead of just having uh, their bank account frozen, they've just had it closed now. So if you get forced into a system where the the 
economic establishments in place are basically in line with this new ESG thing, right? Economic, societal governance. And you do something wrong, according to their mores, you speak out against a great narrative. They shut you down. You're done. You're done. You're done. So even without a system of a central bank digital currency, they're bringing you into that system. You're being crushed. So eventually you bend the knee and now you're just part. Once that happens, it's over. Just like this guy says, it's like, why would I want that? And by the way, where we disagree is that in a situation like Venmo, PayPal, they already have full access. They're already tracking, tracing, databasing every single, every single digital transaction, every single economic transaction they could possibly do that can that that is in some way open source and sellable for data. They have that. Now, legally, can they use that? Can they share that with the IRS or another law enforcement agency? More than likely not. Does that mean that they're not doing it? Of course they're doing it. I was listening to uh, Huff, the whistleblower from EcoHealth over uh, on the Jonesy, over on uh, the weekend trip over to Tennessee. Okay. And what he was talking about is something that I think needs to be discussed more and more and more is, look, by now, most of us realize the magic box is a full-on spy kit. Full-on spy kit, got the microphones in it, got the cameras, the whole shebango, go back and forth. It, it can do the baba da bippe, the boobity bape. okay? He begins talking about more nebulous devices that are fitted with Wi-Fi, okay, secretly and transmitting. I would contend that we're even past that in many cases where nanosensor technology is in many ways doing that same thing and that lower frequencies or hidden frequencies could easily uh, be built in and then you could access that network and it wouldn't be like, quote unquote, bugging somebody's home because of legalese and the wonderful world of lawyers and our security state. And I, I would say that's largely in place. Now, are they using that algorithmically? Have they, have they brought that into the Borg or the Hive? I have no idea. But even that uh, ubiquitous sensor technology is something that's discussed by Bushnell when he brags that you know there's going to be this global brain that listens to all the conversations and reads all the emails etc cetera, etc cetera. and all that's going to be intertwined with your geolocation okay and then whatever you allow to track you under the skin as well lovely fantastic in fact i've got a slew a slew of <laughs> of davos uh related World Economic Forum related clips. And I've even got The Great Reset itself. A lot of people know that it's a book, but there's an hour plus forum on it, just like we did the watch along with about half of the misinformation, disinformation, stelter panel for uh, the second hour. I think that what we're gonna do is we're gonna dive in to uh, a couple years back where Klaus Nutschwab and the gang, uh, his buddy uh, Theory uh, 
Mallorette that he wrote, wrote this with, sit there and talk about your uh, your fourth industrial revolution slavery. But before we get, get there, I still want to I want to keep going down the line. There, there's plenty more of this. It's official. The United States is developing a bank to bank digital currency. A bank to bank digital currency. And remember, for the most part, this isn't new, but one of the reasons that they want this is because you, you can program it in so many ways. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to play uh, a clip of a gentleman talking about the central bank uh, digital currency and basically incorporating a social credit score type thing in it. Then you're going to see a WEF promotion of how they're already utilizing blockchain technology in the uh, World Food Program. We've played it many times. We'll play it many more. And you already have black blockchain people. And via this system, what? They have your biometrics. They have medical certificates. They have your exams. Yeah, I mean, you are down the line. You're almost Netanyahu styled, if you know what that means. Remember when Netanyahu's like, yes, uh, we have a 98% of the population. We got their medical records for the last 20 years. Just gave them to us. We're going to put a DNA genetic database right on top of that. Right on top of that. Most people will volunteer. You know, I, I suspect pretty easily. If not, we'll, do, we'll pay them. If not, yeah, we'll, we'll just pay them. But here we are. Here's uh, here's from the uh, the horse's mouth how these central bank digital currencies will work. And I think we didn't talk about yet. There are two ways on central bank digital currencies. One is the more the wholesale piece. So basically, our interactions as a commercial bank with the with the with the central bank. And here, I would say it makes a lot of sense. This is new technology coming in. We can talk about it, advantage, disadvantage. But at the end, it's an efficiency game, and maybe it's a security game. Makes a lot of sense. A completely different ball game it is when you start to talk about the retail you know, central bank uh, 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 digital uh, currency, not because it's digital. I, I, I can pay this digital with my mobile, it has nothing to do with central bank digital currency. But I think the fundamental change is the underlying business model is, as I, as a retail customer, as a citizen, will have an account with the central bank. I don't have just an account with a commercial bank. I have it with the central bank. I have it with... The central bank, you know, we he, he basically admits there what, what the other guy was saying. Um, I can already send money via my electronic device to anybody. What is this really about? You have accounts with the central bank, and this is harmonization. We are harmonizing in a new global order, which has a lot of advantages for me. Oh, yeah, it's safe, it feels good, but uh, yeah. <laughs> the advantages are it's safe and it feels it's like my mommy, you know, when I was baby and I was on the suckle breast and no, 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 no. it's safe. It feels good to be with central bank. <laughs> These people are just so over the top.
There are some challenges uh, with this because the central bank is ultimately, you know, it's a, it's a public office. Uh, commercial banks are under a commercial regime. Central banks are not under a commercial regime. What about interest rates on an account like that when things are going well? How does this look like? Oh, on a bank run, how does this look like? Is this accelerating the bank run because I have a safe account with somebody? So. These are then the fundamental questions. That's why I think it's excellent to see that 90%, 87, I think, uh, central banks are, are looking into that and mm -hmm. try, and uh, we need to figure out how that all can work. So uh, again, he's telling you the vast majority of central banks are riding this train. They are down like a clown, Charlie Brown, and if they're not, those dominoes will eventually fall when you have those kind of numbers. Let's be real. But having said what is ongoing, I think we are now what for 10 years, 15 years in that new technology blockchain. We see now the, the market is collapsing. Okay, uh, let's see in five or 10 years, something will survive. Something will survive. And I think we should all make sure we understand what will be. Oh, I bet you they want to understand what that will be because they want to use blockchain technology for this right here. I want to turn the, I hate the background music, but you've got to have a little bit of it. So it's a refuge G camp that runs on the blockchain. I mean, let's just stop it right here. Little children walking around in tents and they're bragging about this. This is a World Economic Forum piece. And oh, look, they can shop at supermarkets without physical money. Again, could have done this with that, but no, no, no. We want to centralize it on the blockchain and we want to take all of your biometric information as well. Okay, and we want to utilize food. Look at that. And, and, and that reminds me, you know what? Let's do it live. We'll do it live, folks. Okay, let's just type in Iraq uh, biometric information. All right, let's. Uh, this is my film, Inv Invisible Empire, A New World Order Defined. Uh, like 2007. Look at that. Iraq's biometric database could become hit list army. The U.S. is building on Saddam's database to assemble biometric files and a national ID card for hundreds of thousands of Iraqis. American military officers say it's a crucial step forward to getting a handle on who the bad guys are in Iraq. But groups like the Electronic Privacy Information Center, EPIC, spooked in a secretary. So, so take a look. You know, I hate that that's happening right now, but think about that. They got to know who the enemy is. Let's get their biometric data. It looks an awful lot like the good people they're helping over at the refugee. Uh, they just, again, you don't need this anymore. You don't need this to pay because they have your iris scan. So you just walk over. We, we'll give you digital tokenized credits. It's good stuff. So it's... It, the iris scanner just connects right to your world food program account block chain block chain block chain awesome i mean look how happy he is everybody's so happy to be in the line that's going to help them find work they don't need a wallet they don't need this they got their world food program account hooked into their iris fantastic okay and it says it's storing a person's digital identity Let's see if we uh, we bring that over here. Yeah, look at that. We got their digital identity. That's fantastic. 
just top notch. You don't need pesky passports or exam or financial histories. No, 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 no. And, and, you know, as there's more need for refugees because things are being destroyed in conflicts, and God forbid, we had a uh, cyber attack that's now being predicted. Imagine that, a cyber attack. Huh. Well, then things could get out of control. Good thing that we got your iris scanned. And we can give you blockchain food programs. Oh, you know, we just, we're, we're going to cut out the middleman. We're going to pay the refugees. We're, we're going to get rid of all these millions in bank uh, transactions. Go blockchain. But this is no need for cash or a bank account. You don't need anything anymore. We literally have you digitally. And if you were to take some kind of a biomimetic device that also was a GPS tracker, you know, we could biolocate you at any time on top of it. <laughs> wow. They never use that in like warfare, right? They never, they never make that into a hit list, right? It's 15 years ago, this story. Wired. 15 years ago. And they were doing it even before this. 15 years ago. Let's keep on. Because we got we got another little WEF piece after this. It's what you wanted to keep after uh, the COVID-1984 nightmare. Yeah, well, we want to keep a lot of that stuff. Remember, that's a huge vehicle. And they're not done. And, and, oh, I, look at this. I've got zucchinis and soup. I know what I've always thought when I when I uh when I was a young man. I'm like, you know what? I'd really like to find myself on the wrong end of a food line. That's that's as an adult. I I know I really achieved something. That when I ended up on the wrong end of a food line, and I want to encourage a society where more and more people are on that other end of a food a food line. I've been on food lines as a kid. They're not fun. They're not great. You're not happy. In fact, I'd say the vast majority of the people that have had that experience, especially as a young person, and we're told uplifting things like, don't worry, this is the end, and you can change things. And if you work hard and you study hard and you have uh, goals that you set and you work towards those goals, you don't have to be on the wrong side of the food line. Not so much in these commercials anymore. These lovely World Economic Forum ads where they're they're helping the downtrodden. So um, let, let's go on to the next one here where they're... they're essentially telling you, hey, this is what we'll keep from the last two and a half years. And remember, when the next disaster comes, we'll have more solutions and you can keep those too. So like like one of the things they just bask in is all the people in the mask reduce, right? At least you got one, one uh, chin guy. We, we paused it. Uh, props to sunglasses and chin man. Good for you. We'll have a sip of coffee. And while we do that, can we get a hundred thumbs up, thumbs it up, subscribe, share, comment, not just in the live chat, but I need comments after the fact. We're trying to, to beat the algorithms up a little bit. You know, when I was talking to the um, woman from American Life, she was asking me what my uh, my view reach was. And that's not something I really focus on, but it, but it is nice to know across platforms, like bare minimum, 
we do hit about 10,000 people, bare minimum, uh, with every broadcast, at least a little piece. Now that uh, RVM is involved and we're up on Band and BitChute and we're on Rumble uh, on a couple channels, et cetera, et cetera. We're obviously Podbean and somehow I'm keeping the YouTube together, Odyssey, Rockfin. Not only are we doing that, but then they clip it up. They put it on Twitter and Getter and all those other things. And those clips, some of those are getting thousands, tens of thousands of views, uh, such as the Peter McCullough interview, et cetera. It's awesome. I'm so glad we have that reach. Um, but that reach is because of you guys. And it's because I, I think the information that we are covering here is something that, look, do I show a lot of the same clips again and again and again? Yes. Do I show a lot of new stuff? Yes. Do I try to in, in, incorporate everything together? Yes. It's kind of part of the show. So let, let's keep going down the line. And uh, again, props to you, sunglasses, chin man. See, we can reimagine offices. <laughs> Do you see what that says? I'm working from home. Available email, phone, uh, or what's that last thing there? Or manager. Isn't that like... <laughs> Like right here, guys, that's where it is. I'm working from home. Available email, phone, or messenger. You're going to be automated out. And it's like, I'm right next to somebody, but we need a piece of plexiglass between us. I, I, whoever thought, like, the sneeze guard was the new Captain America shield that was going to stop uh, Dr. Doom and the gang or Thanos from from devastating you. I mean, talk about that psychological warfare aspect. Wow. Wow. So now your office isn't really going to be an office, even though that's bull. And a lot of people are retracting that and realizing that the productivity isn't there and they actually do need human beings to come in and work. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? There are certain jobs that certainly can be done remotely. I do this remotely. You know, I... I'm a one-man band, and I got a producer on the other end. That's it. And they take care of some of the streaming. I take care of some of the streaming. I take I produce the whole show kind of myself uh, in the sense that I'm the one that's going from scene to scene to scene. That's certainly not the case in a lot of these shows. Uh, you know, like I said, when I do America Media Periscope, they have somebody sitting there doing the vMix. I know for other shows here on this network, they do the same thing where they're cutting from one scene to the next scene to the next scene. Um, you know, I, I feel lucky that, uh, number one, the technology is there, but number two, I have the knowledge where I can jump around and kick out the jams. But, you know, not everybody has a job like mine. And sometimes you have to go and talk to people and look them in the eye. And it's just the way it is. And I'm sorry, there's a different feel when you're in a room with somebody and trying to get things done than when you're across the world from somebody and you're trying to get things done. Certain things can certainly be done. Uh, certain uh, other things, I think, need a more hands-on and in-your-face approach. But not anymore because we've got plexiglass. And I mean, so we again, we got another client showroom. They're clearly not six feet apart. It's too bad, but don't worry. Don't worry. They've got medical masks and somebody's got a tablet. The other, and the other guy's got a traditional style uh, laptop-esque briefcase. They're getting things done. It's a showroom. 
So again, QR codes everywhere and hand sanitizer along with your masks. We're going to keep those after everything. Fantastic. And, and if you don't want to wear them, maybe, maybe we cut you down a little bit. Maybe your social credit score is not there. Maybe your CBDC account, not awesome. You know, good thing we've got these 15-minute cities that you can walk to everything and they're neighborhood hubs. And you, and you won't be able to leave those neighborhood hubs. By the way, even if we don't get under your skin with surveillance, it's all right, as you're going to find out. We'll utilize NASA technology to uh, hone in on your heartbeat, and that way we can surveil you in real time. Uh, let's see. They might contain gyms, bars, or art galleries. They might, and they, uh, they're going to offer networking opportunities. They also might include ration centers and mandatory re-education training facilities. I mean, hey, I mean, look at that. Oh, ginger woman, ginger thinking woman. She's a... <laughs> and then hip, young, millennial, Afro uh, dude. That, that's what we got. Awesome. So here's your 15-minute walk, the 15-minute cities, and the cloud markets, and everybody's still wearing a mask, and you can't sit down and eat anymore. But don't worry, there's vegetables on a skillet that we'll put in a styrofoam box. I remember when styrofoam was like the big thing being demonized. You almost never hear about that anymore. People still use it. Remember Big Macs back in the day. When a big Big Mac used to be in styrofoam, that was a big, big day when they went to the cardboard, guys. Huge day. Huge day in America and around the world. So now ghost kitchens, so you can be served by a man in a mask who barely makes contact with you from these cloud markets in your 15-minute walk city. Hey, thank you. I'll wear a mask to my door. Oh, well, thank you. So here it is. NASA has developed technology where you're identified by your heartbeat because we're going to make you wear a mask and facial recognition might not work. And facial recognition systems get stumped when you cover your face, really. But that's all right, because your heartbeat is just as unique as your face. And we love the good people at NASA. And that, that can ID you. So we can geolocate you from there. Fantastic. Just top notch. Top notch. And if you don't think all of this stuff relates to the central bank digital currency and the command and control system, again, you're not paying attention. It all integrates together. Every little bit of it. Okay. And yeah, digital uh, technology will change the way children learn because they want to get them away from other human beings. They want to stop those interactions. Okay. They want to get human beings out of teaching your kids and bring in AI. They want AI teachers and zoom like rooms only. They want to bring them into the virtual world so that they want to integrate headsets as well. Okay. That's where they are going. See, you, you talk about this. Homeschooling is not this. Homeschooling is when you are lucky enough, privileged enough to be in a family situation or scenario where your significant other or somebody else within the home uh, is economically stable enough where you don't really have to work 
and you can actually spend time with your child in a curriculum and go through that curriculum and teach them the basics. That And that's not the easiest thing in the world. Now, there's a lot of groups out there that you can get together. And it's not just one parent. It's several and there's socialization. There's a lot that goes along with it. But the way they want to portray it is what? Just like the pandemic, don't worry, we're going we're gonna to have you in front of your tablet, et cetera, et cetera. But really, once again, they want to bring human beings out of the education system. And, and while they do that, degrade you and what? Put the most inept, incompetent, insane human beings in, in charge of your children. And we're seeing that again and again. Oh, well, they're going to learn at their own pace. Well, I'm, listen, most kids' digital skills are off the chain already. Stop pretending. Stop play acting. But all this is virtue signaling so that when you're outside, you know, you, you, you can, again, wear, I mean, do I have to say anything when I, when I look at this? Yeah, there, there's an Australian commercial that I, uh, I'm tempted to play on, on the uh, YouTube side of the broadcast on the first hour, but I, I might just have to wait until the other side of the broadcast because it's the, we'll hold your hand. You, you know what? No, let's just play it. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to let it play. I'm not going to say anything, but if you don't understand that this is part of the psychological warfare campaign to impress upon you a certain way of thinking, I don't know what to say. Hopefully that's not against uh, community guidelines that I dare say that th this commercial is uh, no bueno, in my opinion. Just you know, And it's not a parody, it's the real thing. If you are to catch COVID and your body cannot fight any longer, then we will make you as comfortable as possible. We will wash your body with warm flannels and gently roll you and surround you with white cloud pillows to prevent painful areas developing. We will hold your hand and talk to you gently, laugh at ourselves and sing songs. We'll turn on the electric oil burner to envelope you in sweet, calming fragrance. The lights will be low. You can relax now. When you're very close to the end, your family will be called. Salty tears splashing across their cheeks while they whisper, I love you, into the receiver, a lifetime away. At the end, after your last breath, we will be there to offer condolences. Sorry we couldn't do more. Sorry your heart is broken. We will care for you until the caretaker comes to zip you up in a thick rubber cadaver bag and roll you away. You brave COVID denier. Look at the legacy you've left behind. You are now free. That's what they played. That That is a legit thing that was played in Australia. Right there on network television. That right there. I mean, what do you say to that? Certainly you can't say what you want to say on platforms um, that are run by Google. I mean, that's the kind of thing that was going down. And that's the kind of event that brings us in to a digitized nightmare system. Okay, that's the kind 
of uh, propaganda that leads to something like this. Okay. So I've got more CBDC clips I want to play before we go over to the other side. I've got more CBDC clips and AI clips on the other side. And I've even got the uh, lecture that goes along with this book. Uh, next clip up, CBDCs, baby. The third way we think CBDC can improve financial inclusion is through what we call programmability. That is, CBDC can allow government agencies and private sector players to program, to create smart contracts, to allow targeted policy functions. For example, welfare payment. For example, consumption coupon. Consumption coupon, oh. Welfare payment, oh. You mean UBI? Oh, thumbs it up, subscribe, share, make those comments on all platforms. For example, food stamp. By programming CBDC, those money can be precisely targeted for what kind of people can own and what kind of use this money can be utilized, for example, for food. So this potential programmability can help government agencies to precisely target their support to those people who need support. So that way can also improve financial inclusion. Of course, I want to end with a caveat because CBDC is not a panacea. CBDC cannot solve every challenge in financial inclusion. Financial inclusion. And look, it's not solving any issues at all, none, zero, except for what? Putting you on the dole and putting you on a system of mass regimentation and really devaluing any kind of wealth that you have been able to accumulate. You see, they don't mind because their wealth is in the resources is invested in the companies that are going to survive the planned implosion and collapse in the infrastructure that will remain many other people's wealth is in a bank that might collapse in a dollar system that's no longer there afterwards okay in businesses and small businesses especially that will eventually fail because nobody can pay for them because they won't be allowed to. What do I mean by that? Well, he talks about programmability. Don't worry. You can spend your program digital dollar at these ESG approved businesses like the Walmart, but certainly not the mom and pop shops. You get it? They'll pick winners and losers in a time of economic devastation. In a, in a time of unparalleled disruption. Let me just let this guy finish up here and tell you how it's not a panacea because eventually they'll need more regulation. And what he's really telling you is they'll have to be an out for other people like himself at the top. That That's what's really important. Like they, they have to have rules for you, but not necessarily for those that are 
establishing the rules. There are some aspects of financial inclusion is not related to technology. For example, financial literacy, digital literacy. So CBCC has to work with other policies together to try to improve financial inclusion. I stop here. Inclusion, sustainability, all these buzzwords, it's word salad for your devastation. Okay, for your standard of live, living plummeting. They'll tell you it's the end of the haves and the have-nots, but the have-everythings are only going to get more and more and more. Digital literacy and other rules and regulations as what? They predict. They predict a coming catastrophic cyber event that, in my opinion, could be the catalyst for a CBDC type program to gain traction like wildfire and push through at a rapid pace. We're here today to share the findings of the World Economic Forum's uh, Global Security Outlook uh, Report 2023. This is a result of uh, research in collaboration with the forum's communities and our partner Accenture, which we've uh, interviewed and sought input from over 300 executives globally. The most striking finding that we found is that 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. Oh, in the next two years, there's so much instability that 80 plus percent of the experts are telling us this is absolutely going to happen. What? Huh? Yikes. Yikes. I would pay attention, folks. We're about to go over to the second hour. Okay. And then uh, I've, I've got a bunch of other clips, CBDCs, uh, different types of something passports, digital passports, of course, the internet of bodies, and yes, even COVID-19, the great reset uh, forum that you do see sometimes a small little clip of Klaus Nutschwab talking about the you-know-whats, the you-know-whats indeed, all right? But I, I you know, I want to reiterate, th this is very much an internet of bodies thing. This is a track trace database thing. This is a takeover of the human species. And that's even admitted in more of these WEF We're clips. here today oh, sorry. to... Like when they're talking about gene editing technology that will allow us to redesign whole organisms. Isn't that nice of these people? They're gonna just redesign whole organisms. Top of the line. It's going to uh, enhance every exist every uh, aspect of our existence from human health. Again, they're promising you the world to materials, fashion, and a zero waste economy. Again, the sustainability line. Speaking, oh. we're talking about improving biology and redesigning organisms for beneficial purposes. It's going to allow us to not just edit genomes, but also, uh, and importantly, write a new code for life with right level permissions. We already started to see some of that this year. COVID-19 vaccines, they make use of engineered code in the form of messenger RNA. What's on the horizon are diminished reality glasses that look very much like what I'm wearing. 
um, that would allow you to remove things from your point of view, from your view, whether that's garbage uh, or other people. Isn't that great? You just get rid of the, with the VR glasses, they'll get rid of the garbage or the other people. All right, folks. I want everybody out there to come over to the premium portion of the broadcast, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. I want to remind everybody every day, the premium from two weeks ago goes completely free. Go to Red Voice Media. You're going to find it there. Uh, scroll down. A lot of great interviews, a lot of great archived material. I'm going to be putting up those interviews. I promise you today I got a dentist appointment after that, but we're going to get the McCullough interview, et cetera, over at Rockfin and Rumble. Remember, you can listen for free right after this. You don't have to be a premium subscriber, although it's only 10 bucks a month and it totally and completely helps support myself and this broadcast as well as the links below. You can go listen over at Podbean. Come on over to the Bean. We got plenty more clips, but you want to be a premium member? Come on down. Really support the broadcast. We're going to leave one at a time. Rockfin, I love you, and I will see you later for sure. I hope you enjoyed last night's Mixed Martial Mindset. YouTube, I have my issues, sir, and miss, and madam, and Google, and the military-industrial complex. You are a uh, Trojan horse civilian system of the highest order. Twitter, well, we, we, we all know that I, I'm not a big fan of L. Muskernuts and the Musketeers. And Rumble, um, better than most, still we have some problems. So we will wait a second until I get my uh, text message that we are good to go on the full premium portion of the broadcast. Uh, but what I do want to point out is that in that last clip, if you are coming over, it's very apparent that these establishment elites and academics absolutely know that M messenger RNA is what? Gene editing. Imagine that. It's gene editing. Can you imagine it? You shouldn't have to because they're telling you. It's gene editing. What is it? Say it with me now. It's gene editing. It changes you. The fourth industrial revolution changes you. It changes you. Oh, and Tony Blair uh, was a large establishment guy. And Blair, very integral in my opinion, on helping to propagate the war on terror and continue a lot of the goals of globalization and this agenda. And here he is via the WEF calling for what? Vaccination passports, all part of this fourth industrial revolution nightmare. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, there'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. Yeah, most countries don't have a biomedical tyranny slavery uh, based on uh, multiple forced injections yet. But we'll change that. We'll, don't worry. We're here to change that. that. That's what we need to do. That's part of the goal here. In the U.S., there's been a CFTC and FDA 
investigation into safety, potential safety issues surrounding stroke for elderly people who have. And it's not just elderly. Finally, somebody asks uh, the Pfizer CEO the questions that he needs to be asked. All right. Remember, the Rebel News thing has been banned on Facebook, banned on YouTube for them daring to ask uh, this guy any kind of tough question. And he just says, hey, we've investigated ourselves and everything is hunky dory with our hate and lie shot. Take more. Take more. Gotten the booster. What, what do you know about that? No, I think what the CDC said was that uh, they saw a signal in one small database, and as a result, they triggered a very comprehensive review of all databases in existence, and they discover nothing. They discover nothing. No, we never discover. We discover nothing. So then, just but just for transparency, we had seen a signal. We tested. We found nothing. The same is with us. Uh, we were alerted that they found that. We'll do it our own investigation in all databases in Europe, Israel, and the U.S., and we found in none of them anything. None of them. So none are, are them you continuing anything. to look? None of them anything. Didn't find anybody. Nothing. We are the best thing ever. We, we've never done anything wrong. Go Pfizer. Look into safety issues. People wonder if it makes me people more vulnerable. This is Richard Werner, the top academic scholar in the world on central banking. The nature of the CBDC, what, what is it actually going to look like? They never talk about that. Right. Um, but I heard one European central banker tell me what it's going to look like. He saw it. Um, and it was around this, this large and would be implanted under your skin. CBDC. If that happens, we're done. So you might have missed what happened Wednesday afternoon at the Fed, but they started their CBDC. Maybe we should start having the conversation of, gosh, this looks like the mark of the beast. COVID makes it, it accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization. It legitimizes the deployment of mass surveillance and it makes surveillance go under your skin nobody wants to know what's in the vaccines because look if people understood what we see they go ape shit. <laughs> you know what i've got i've got this on, on a separate clip i want to jump to this next one right here uh again uh, that we're cbdc heavy today it's a planned implosion Version of a social credit system. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that's highly probable. And that it will be accepted by many people because, again, that they won't even know. That they won't notice either. Yeah, you you can't believe how much people don't know these things. When I went to the UK, I talked to some people from the House of Lords. This is within the last six months. The most astute of the people sitting in the House of Lords had only become aware of the woke movement in the last eighteen months. Oh yes, you, you just can't believe how much this is not on people's radar. Not someone like you can't believe that at all because it's on your radar all the time. That's not, you live in a world that's on the cutting edge of this sort of thing. People have no idea. It's like, well, why not have a digital passport? I mean, you know, how convenient, it's like fair enough. And you can understand that. Wouldn't it be nice if we could pay for everything with our phones? It's like, wouldn't it be nice if the central government who's woke oriented and 
makes carbon dioxide remediation the priority, knows exactly what you spend on everything so they can target you tax-wise with precision. It's like, oh, didn't think about that. It's like, yeah, yeah, you sure didn't. And oh yes, it's highly probable. It'll be a miracle if we, if we escape from that. You can see these signs of this everywhere. You know, when you go through airports now, there's a lot of automated barriers. You show your passport, it's like, well, these are automated barriers. What if you can't go through them? Well, that's the situation for many people in China. It's like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna argue with the machine? Like you just cannot imagine how screwed you are. There isn't, it's way worse than anything Kafka ever imagined. Cause at least with Kafka, there was bureaucrats, faceless though they may have been, they were at least still human. Once the machines can lock you out, <laughs> you are in such trouble. And we're speeding towards that with, uh, with an immense lack of, of care. Mm. Tell you what, I have my issues with Jordan Peterson. Spot on there, sir. So you can't argue with the machine. And it isn't just the airports because they want it where? In the education system for your kids. They want it in the medical system for you. Number one, as we're going to show you, they want pills that are part and other medicines of the Internet of Things, Internet of Bodies, Track, Trace, Database that you must take that have sensors that will let them know that you are into compliance. Compliance. So you have that aspect of it. And then you have the total recall scenario where the machine doesn't let you through. Yeah, I get it. But you notice what else he talked about? He talked about carbon and regimentation in that sense. And the next aspect of that is what? What you eat on top of what you consume and where you go geo, uh, geolocation-wise, which is also an issue, a huge issue. But here is a uh, clip, more World Economic Forum, on your meat consumption. It's a very important point that you are addressing. Um, my daughter, 24, inspired me and said that, how can you advocate for these zero carbon value chains if you still eat meat? And so I stopped eating meat. Now the math would say, well, you need to stop eating meat uh, 11 years to compensate for a flight to Thailand. Yes, but if a billion people stop eating meat, I tell you it has a big impact. Not only does it have a big impact on the current... Yeah, it would have a huge impact on the actual health of that sector of the human population, you know, of, their, of their physical and mental capacity, if all of a sudden they weren't eating the meat. On food system but it will also inspire innovation of food systems. And I predict that we will have proteins not coming from um, meat in the future. They will probably taste even better. So why are we trying to mimic meat if we can have a better taste? Oh yeah. They will be zero carbon. Zero carbon. There's no such thing as zero carbon. I'm so sick of hearing it. There's no carbon neutral. There's no zero carbon. Okay, carbon is a life force on the planet. And this guy telling you that somehow we're going to do better than nature is bullshit. Ain't nothing that tastes better than 
some mashed potatoes and gravy with a succulent turkey. Huh? That that that's literally God's plan. Churning the butter, getting the dairy, slathering up that potato in the mix. Boom, 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 boom. All right. Throwing that in for a slow cook, making sure you got the guts and the giblets out. Mmm. Yummy. Yummy. A little basting. Might want to hit that with some more of, of God's nature. I, I prefer some lemon, some lime, a little orange. Oof. Yeah, we, we're gonna do better. You're gonna find better protein. Bullshit. You want to degrade us, you want to take our health away. Look at what they've already done to the food supply. Look at all the genetically modified organisms. All right? But no, they're going to make it better for us. Remember, GMOs in the first place, what was the big excuse? We're going to feed the world. They haven't fed shit. Are they feeding the world? Have they stopped world hunger? They are liars. And much healthier than the kind of food that we eat today. Yeah, much healthier. That is a mission that we need. I can inspire you to maybe look at an organization called EAT. Easy to remember. EAT. (laughs) Who have all the facts on this and who have the policies necessary, the innovations necessary, and the scale necessary in order to make food systems sustainable and healthy. Sustainable and healthy. Oh, it's going to be, everything's going to be sustainable and healthy. And, you know, it's going to be sustainable and healthy as you take the drugs we tell you to take and we have compliance. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance. Uh, the insurance companies to know that the medicines that patients should take, they do. You know, like the uh, medicines that my company has investigated for uh, heart attacks and heart issues that we've told you does not cause them. And Moderna, who prints up a, a similar product, has now made an injectable mRNA shot for that very issue that's not happening. Compliance. Take them. Uh, it is uh, fascinating what happens in in uh, this field. Yes, very fascinating that we now make everybody slave, and it's uh, even more fascinating that Moderna, that had no products and had a partnership with the Defense Department to create mRNA shots, has an, a product, another mRNA product to inject in your heart, which ale- allegedly, allegedly, there's been some people looking at some heart issues. Due to the hate and lie shots, allegedly. As you say, cardiology, we have now in the clinic a super exciting program when we inject mRNA in people's heart after heart attack to grow back new blood vessels to help revascularize the heart. So it's a bit like science fiction medicine, but that's what is really exciting to me. But the, the other side of this is that right now, Moderna, though it has this pipeline, has one commercial product, and that's the spike vax. That's the actual... COVID vaccination. So that's the irony of COVID is it really has in some ways allowed you to go and develop these other areas because of the revenues that came through the door. You're 100% right. You are 100% right. (laughs) 
We made a ton of money. And now let's just pretend we didn't injure anybody. Certainly not their heart. But let's say if we did, we have a new drug to inject them with to make more money on. <laughs> just like, wow. Wow. And when you have a system of total command and control where they tell you what you can eat and what medicines you can have, you're connected via this internet of bodies, and that's what? Part of the CBD system. Part of the CBD system. So, you know, this this one runs uh, through the internet of bodies like a slideshow really quick, um, but it definitely worth looking at right here. You know, we got the hip people. It's like an Asian man, woman thing. And right here, we got brain electrical signals for Parkinson's disease enable doctors to target therapy to specific areas of the brain via deep brain stimulation. So I, I want people to, to think about what that means right there. So we're talking about deep brain stimulation, all right, for, for mental health. Cochlear devices, all right, now look. Technology that empowers human beings, I'm all about, and cochlear devices are some of those um, devices for sure. Partially restore hearing through a sound processor and implanted receiver that stimulates the auditory nerve. Implantable, let's bring it back, implantable cardiac devices provide real-time information regarding a patient's cardiac fluctuations. Like, like, like seriously, when, when you look at, at these RAND and World Economic Forum things, like, is that a man or a woman? And you know why they chose that and this outfit and the ambiguity of it all. It's just like, I, I'm just so sick of it all. I'm just so damn sick of it. Implantable smart, smart stents enable continuous monitoring of blood flow to alert providers of possible, possible clogs. Yeah, heart stents heart monitors, pacemakers. Personally, I don't know that I want somebody to have digital access to those because they are uh, basically able to be remotely manipulated, period. Okay. Oh, sorry. There's the, uh, the ingestible digital pills track adherence and dosing of medications. Compliance the compliance that was just discussed, electronic health records, store patients' digital medical history in digital repositories. Again, just like we covered with the scanny scans of the iris, and we have all your health records. And again, just like Netanyahu did what? Braggy bragged that he already had 98% of his citizenries medical records digitized. And the next thing he wants to put on top of that is a genetic database. All right. And we want to put that genetic database there as we study what the effects of the hate and lie shots were. All just all openly discussed and bragged about by the guy. And, uh, you know, again, most people will volunteer. If not, we can pay them. We can pay a few people. No big deal. Freestanding infusion pumps deliver intravenous medications via automated integration with electronic databases. Okay. Sensor-equipped hospital beds. Instantaneous monitoring of patients' vital si si signals through sensors. Now, again, something like that 
makes sense because you're in a hospital and the sensors are in the bed. They are not in you. You understand? Wearable prosthetics, operation of artificial limbs by detecting minute muscle movements. And once again, it, it seems like an interesting proposition. You want to empower people that have lost a limb. But I always go to the example of Annie Jacobson in her book on uh, DARPA discussing how, you you know, you have the Luke arm. You know, you know what? Maybe we should bring up the Luke arm. It's pretty amazing. We'll watch that clip or, or many. Um, not only do you have the Luke arm, you have these fitted prosthetics where your sensor, basically your sensory around the fitted prosthetic allows this thing to move. And let's see, let's type in Luke arm and then cast. So yeah, let's take a look because a, a lot of this is amazing. Okay. And what I want to do, okay, here's uh, five years ago, veterans receiving the DARPA Luke arm. Then I want to see some of the more uh, recent stuff. On June 30th, 2017, two veterans living with arm amputations became the first recipients of a new generation of prosthetic limb that promises them unprecedented near-natural arm and hand motion. The modular, battery-powered arms developed for the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, by DECA Research and Development Corporation, represent the most significant advance in upper extremity prosthetics in more than a century. The prosthetic Luke arm system enables dexterous arm and hand movement through a simple intuitive control system. The system allows users to control multiple joints simultaneously and provides a variety of grips and grip forces by means of wireless signals generated by sensors worn on the feet or via other easy to use controllers. Years of testing and optimization in collaboration with the Department of Veterans Affairs led to clearance by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the establishment of a commercial scale manufacturer, Mobius Bionics of Manchester, New Hampshire. Throughout the arms development, DARPA received contracting support from the Army Research Office. The program also received funding assistance from the U.S. Army Medical Research and Materiel Command. More than 100 people living with amputation were involved in initial studies which led to a product whose natural size, weight, and shape provides unparalleled comfort and ease of use. So now you hear that, unparalleled comfort and ease of use. That's the lie. That's what Annie Jacobson says. Yeah, well, the cameras are there, and they're shooting stuff, and they're getting ready for the media. Maybe you didn't see how awkward it was for him to try to drink that water. All right, the truth of the matter is, she says when the cameras are off, they take those things off, and they use the traditional hooks that they've been using because they're accustomed to them. And they, they are just much easier, ease of use. Um, and these things, although they look cool, they're not quite there. But this isn't really about helping people, unfortunately. Maybe in some cases or down the line, but really this is to, about acclimating you to this technology and accepting transhumanism. So let's go within this year. Okay, let's see what we got for the Luke arm. Um, man, that, that's so weird that in the last year you don't see any of that. Let, let's go prosthetic arm. 
we do it live we do it live this year so that wired one's there um wow esper going bionic this is cnbc let's see let's see what we got in development now robotic aesthetic limbs controlled by your mind scientists tell us it's closer to reality than most people might think there's a new technology called artificial touch it uses electronic sensors to help people who've lost limbs actually feel things again let's say you lose an arm in a car crash with this new technology when you go to pick up your phone with your prosthetic you'll actually feel that you're holding something essentially the sensors use vibrations to restore sensations and scientists say this technology is just the beginning on miracles in the works here's cnbc's meg terrell most of us take a handshake like this for granted, but not former Army Sergeant Garrett Anderson, Champaign, Illinois, who lost his right hand back in 2005. While serving in Iraq and out on patrol, Sergeant Anderson was hit by a roadside bomb. The shrap metal came up through the vehicle, it severed my arm and broke my jaw in seven spots and I have a mild traumatic brain injury. Today, he uses this, a fully robotic prosthetic. Bionic limbs like these work by receiving signals from the user's own muscles. It's super light, super strong. Adil Akhtar is the creator of the Ability Hand and CEO of Psionic, a small startup outside of Chicago. It's actually detecting all the different positions I'm making with my finger. The latest model, armed with human-like movement, quick reflexes. Oh! and engineered strong enough signal. to withstand even an arm wrestling right. match. And it takes a lot of strength to withstand the forces of arm wrestling, and so we designed the Ability Hand to be that strong. But what makes the Ability Hand different is it provides touch feedback to the wearer. We have touch sensors that relay that information back to your brain through a vibration motor so that when you actually touch an object, you can feel it. Users are now able to feel the difference between holding something gently and crushing it. A distinction Sergeant Anderson appreciates deeply. Now finally able safely to hold his daughter's hand. It was kind of surreal, that sensory feedback of her touching my hand and feeling the vibration through the prosthetic. It was kind of neat because obviously I could never feel that. Today, bionic limbs like these are in their infancy, limited to just simple vibrations. But more complex sensations like temperature and even texture are on the horizon, researched by scientists across the country. What we need to do next is convey the information that the sensors record back to the user in a, in a natural and intuitive way. Dr. Levi Hargrove, scientific chair at the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab in downtown Chicago, says in the future, implanted devices will be able to stimulate the nerves directly, harnessing the power of artificial intelligence to more fully merge man and machine. To more fully merge man and machine through implantable devices. The field of AI is just accelerating so quickly. You hear of self-driving cars, industrial control robots. Um, they all use these algorithms. The importance of AI is going to be absolutely critical to unlock the potential of these limbs. And that's why we continue to cover uh, this type of technology. All right, let's go back to the Internet of Bodies uh, slideshow video here. I uh, just did a little break on the wearable prosthetics. And then here are the seizure monitors. Okay, continuously monitor. And, and again, that's something that could help empower humanity, no doubt about it. Attention monitors. 
Now here, y'all, monitor the user's attention by tracking brain activity and eye movements. So thought patterns, all right, how they feel. This is where it gets spooky. Is that empowering? Attention monitors. Oh, especially when they tell everybody they have ADD or ADHD. Oh, we'll just, we'll, we'll solve that with attention monitors. Pay attention. Body implanted sensors monitor and track biometrics just everywhere. Again, chips gone wild. Lumi, the DARPA program. Clothing with sensors record body temperature and uh, adapt to keep the wearer comfortable. Micro sensors in your clothing. Internet connected scales track and analyze fluctuations in body weight, body mass index, and water weight. So when you have these biomimetic devices, when you have these tracker devices, when you have these sensors, we'll send it up to the cloud. They love to talk about the cloud and they will have a direct line of sight into your real time biology. I repeat it, your real time biology. Wow. Implant, let's go back. Implantable microchips. Again, you start talking about, oh, they're going to microchip you, Jason. Store information, open doors, and pay for goods. This is tech that's been around for 20 plus years commercially. You know, from uh, chipping your pets with a geolocator to uh, the family that chipped themselves after 9 11. You know, maybe, maybe I got to play that clip. Mo, Mo, I, I believe that family went through some tragedies. Afterwards, family chipped after 9-11. I think it was on the Today Show. They were just so happy to do it. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's let's type in microchip because that, that did not come up, believe it or not. We'll, we'll get it because we're doing it live. So uh, let's see if Google has something else there. So I typed in family microchipped after 9-11. Not there. Let's go to duck, duck, go. Let's do a little ducking, ducking, go. Hit that. Family microchipped. Florida family takes computer chip trip. Just right there. CBS News. I'm going to guess that that's got to be it. Uh, May 10th, 2002. And that is it because I remember the person right here. Um, what's the family? It's the Jacobs family. So let's see. Jacobs family microchip. Let's see if that YouTube, the Lords of YouTube will, uh, uh, give us microchip. Um, man, it just, just not there. Let's see. U.S. tech company. That's only from five years ago. Um, there's human microchipping from three years ago. I want to go back to 20 years. Uh, that's what I want. Let's go here. Let's just do a whole Googling and let's then go to, because here you're finding it. Let's see if the video's right there. Here it is. The Vera chip on the Today Show 2002. 
You may remember when we had the Jacobs family here on today last month, they announced they'd be the first family to be fitted with the VeraChip. It's a tiny computer chip that can be implanted in the body and then scanned for personal and medical information in emergency situations. Well, they're back this morning to have the procedure done. Jeff, Leslie, and Derek Jacobs are joined by Dr. David Wolken. Good morning to all of you. Nice to see you. Good morning. And, and, and Keith Bolton of Applied Digital Solutions joins us as well, right, Keith? Good morning, Katie. Hi. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you, too. Briefly, for people who might not be familiar with this technology, can you just describe what the Barry chip is and how it works? Take your slave chip after 9-11. We scared you so much. You did it on TV. Take your slave chip. It's 20 plus years old now. And we're still talking about the Internet of Things. Yes, Barry chip is an advanced uh, verification system. Uh, it's designed to have a small little... Uh, needle in, uh, injected inside of the body, and there's a small little chip that can provide information in the event that you cannot speak. Where is it implanted generally, Keith? Uh, generally, it's uh, implanted in the upper right area to the shoulder, and Jeff Jacobs is actually having his in the uh, uh, shoulder type area. Okay, we'll get to Jeff in a moment, but Leslie and Derek, I know that you had your chips implanted earlier this morning. How did the procedure go, Derek? It went very well. I was actually amazed on how simple and easy it was. Yeah. And I was actually amazed how it was so simple and easy to be injected like cattle or livestock or a pet. I couldn't wait to do it. I'm so happy that my parents have used this kind of judgment. And Leslie, how about you? Are you feeling any after effects? Was it painful in any way? Oh, no. It was incredibly simple. I felt absolutely nothing and I feel great. In fact, I know, Leslie, that, well, Derek, first of all, is sort of the catalyst behind this. He saw the Verichip on the Today Show, and I understand he started pestering you right away. But it really will serve a, a very useful purpose for your family, Leslie, because I know that your husband, Jeff, was taken to the emergency room in 1995, and doctors asked what medications he was on, and you had a, di a difficult time re uh, remembering, right? And now you can just scan the chip. You don't even need that anymore. Because now we got your biometrics. You're part of the World Health, or I'm sorry, the World Food Program, or one of these other bullshit programs. You don't even need it. We'll just take your iris scan. We'll have all your old digital identity there. We'll incorporate it into a financial system. It's great. Oh, yes. He's been rushed many a times, and he's on over 10 medications, had cancer, numerous complications. It's just too much to remember. And with the VeraChip and the scanner, instantaneously, they will be, ac uh, be able to access all this information. Derek, tell me why, when you saw this, you thought, you know, I have to have my family get this ASAP. What was it about it? Well, technology is my life, and this is a great techno technological advancement. And also, I thought that it could help my dad because, as my mom said, we have gone to the emergency room many times with him. And a lot of times, he's in too much pain to answer any of the questions that he had. And since his medications change often and his medical history is so long, me and my mom can't remember it. So the Verichip will be able to tell them concise information about his history in only milliseconds. All right. Well, I know that Jeff is about to have the procedure done. And Dr. Wilkin is here, Dr. David Wilkin, a surgeon who uh, your family knows. Dr. Wilkin, why don't you go ahead and implant the chip and just show us how this works? Just put it in. Okay, well, uh, Jeff's already been prepped with uh, Mysterial Field and he's been infiltrated with a uh, xylocaine to numb the area up. Can I have the uh, chip, please? <clears throat> this is the insertion uh, cannula and we have to take the uh, piece of tape off. You know, it just, it's so, it's, 
does this not remind you of, of all the Hayden Lies shots as well? Just, I mean, the crazy amount of repetition of propaganda. You got the families. We're going to keep people safe. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, the doctor, he's the authority. They run the same thing over and 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 over again with a different flavor. This one's caramel macchiato, but don't worry. We got cookies and cream and peanut butter moose tracks on the way. All the same thing. Yes. Which is an actual fact, the hardest part of the procedure. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Our our entire family's getting chipped out of fear. <laughs> Don't worry, you're just on national television. Oh my god. Well, goodness. thank you. <laughs> Katie, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> you know, while you're doing that, I just wanted to ask Keith, Keith, you know, this will be scanned yeah. for information, but how many Emergency rooms in this country actually have scanners, and how will they know that they have to scan the patient in the first place? It's not like somebody can say, hey, by the way, I've got a Verichip in my shoulder. Check it out. A lot of times people won't be in a condition to say that, right? Uh, that, well, that is probably correct. However, uh, we have uh, spoke with many hospitals, and quite a few hospitals in Florida will have already agreed to take the scanner. Uh, and uh, as far as the procedure, um, we will give a particular card that would be in a wallet. In the event that uh, they do not see the card, uh, then the uh, attendant, the medical attendant, will either ask you to have a chip, or we hope that the natural procedure would be to just scan over the uh, particular area of the body so they can have that valuable information quickly. You gotta love how they would have the, the wallet and the information there, you know, which if you did, you wouldn't need the chip in the first place. Oh, weird, odd, strange, crazy, kooky, I know. Wild, wild, if you will. All right. Um, do we continue with the rant thing? I, I, I think we, we, uh, we wrap up the rant thing. I think a lot of people understand where we're going from the uh, internet of body here. And, you know, when we talk about all this, I, I want to reiterate that the ghouls out there are, are integrating all of it together, the biomimetics and the climate agenda. And they're telling you, they're here to save the world. It's always under the guise of saving the world. And they're a select group of people. And, and that's why, you know, John Kerry, and we played the clip before, we're going to play it again, talking about how they're almost extraterrestrial should alarm people. Because not only is it pompous and asinine to say these things and act this way, it's totally inaccurate. But John Kerry is a guy that likes power, okay? John Kerry is establishment. John Kerry, okay, runs more of the day-to-day -day policies, especially when we're talking about global policies and integration and this agenda, than Joe Biden could ever dream of at this point. He's actually doing work. He's actually an envoy and an emissary. He's actually still got some coherence. That's why when you hear things like this, it's so over the top. It's like, all right, he might be coherent, but does he have any self, is he self-aware at all? I would, I would say no. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit. Yeah, billions of dollars 
and um, other members of a, a socioeconomic, social Darwinistic, authoritarian-minded, generational, nepotistic predator class. When they tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, come join, uh, I, that's what touched these people. That, that's it. That's the shebango. In a room and come together and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about, quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. No, that's that. See, I don't think that you're a do-gooder when you start talking about those things, unless you're really talking about saving the planet from tyrants like Kerry and the gang. Tyrants like uh, Bush and the gang. And, and look, George W. Bush, low level, not really involved. Guys surrounding him, the Wolfowitz, the Rumsfeld, the Cheney. Yeah, not good guys. The Roves, not good guys. Evil guys, bad guys. Guys that don't mind hit lists based on biometric data overseas and then bringing it in globally for a refugee food program. Those type of guys. Well, they talk about harmony and sustainability over at these things. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, what's important for, for policy is really to change the, the rules of the game, no? Oh, so yeah. that uh, sustainability becomes the easier choice, not the, the easier choice. And by the way, when they say the easier choice, that means putting pain on you in a fashion where you don't really have a choice. The easier choice, like the Liena Wen, carrot on a stick. Just for the people, but also for the companies, no? So I think an important measure in Switzerland was to have uh, support for renewable energy, for energy efficiency, but also then um, changing the way districts work. For instance, I in Zurich, we have a lot of districts where you actually don't need a car. Yeah, no, no, it's just like those little slave cities we were talking about. The cloud markets, the ghost uh, kitchens. Okay. Oh, you don't. You're just 15 minutes away, and we make sure you do that because we're tracking your heart rate. Because all the activities, no school, um, uh, buying something, everything you can do in walking distance, no. And by doing that, no people don't buy a car, and it 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 it's not felt like um, actually they would like to have a car, and that, and they are not allowed to have it, but they simply don't need it because the environment was built in a way that they don't need it. And I think this is what policy needs to, to, to do. They have to change the environment. So a sustainable lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle in harmony with nature is the easiest way to go. And, and also for the companies, no? Oh, yes. And also for the companies to go by these rules in harmony with nature. We're so concerned about nature and Gaia, all under this false idea that they're saving the earth, bringing back an earth-based religion. Too many people doing too many things is why we have all these uh, catastrophes. Has nothing to do with the decisions by the people at the top. We can't let the surf class get out of line. And we got to make it the easier choice. And we'll use the companies to do that as well. We'll pick the winners and losers. Same thing with the CBDC. And, and here perhaps a last point. I really like what you said on following through. No, we had all these nice commitments. We had the Paris Agreement. We also here at World Economic Forum have every year very nice co commitments. What's important is really to follow through and also 
to also shed the light. Sometimes you're very critical with those who are acting, say there are, and we need to be critical, no, and see that there's no greenwashing, but we no greenwashing. The whole thing is greenwashing. We should also put the light on those who are not acting. And I think policy needs to try. And I think, for instance, Biden's suggestion to that the government only buys with companies who commit to Paris, who commit to science-based targets. I think that's a smart policy. So that policy tries to leverage also the action from, from companies and somehow gets all companies to act. No? Yeah, no, that's exactly what they're trying to do. It's, it's called eco-fascism. It's called globalism. They call it harmonization. But once again, it's this cycle where you circumvent the laws of nation states and you put in this corporate regulatory system that allows you to manipulate the entire social and economic infrastructure of these places so they bend the knee to the will of the monsters at Davos. I think this is a smart way to do politics. Oh, yeah, in the end, way. policy needs also to be smart because, again, we need to have the buy-in from all the population, else we are not re-elected and um, change is not happening. No, uh, So it needs to be smart policy, which is at the same time also transformative. No, Oh, transformative and smart, and we must be re-elected. I don't know how much... They're worried about the re-elections. Um, this is, you, you gotta love how the COVID, this is COVID-19, the great reset. Did you see that? It starts out literally with like the eye symbolism tunnel. <laughs> and and this, it gets into like NASA too. Like, oh, let's get right into it. Isn't that lovely? The world economic, that's, that, that's the thing, yeah. Right, there is right there, look at that. And this is their great reset, guys. Digital World Economic Forum. I mean, we gotta love like the dystopic cloud looking city and then the futuristic looking city. And there it is NASA in space. COVID 19, the great reset. For a new book from the forum, COVID 19, the great reset. I'm joined here in our studios in Geneva by the authors, Thierry Malloray, a former forum colleague, uh, and by Professor Klaus Schwab, who is the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, and also by my colleague, Sadia Zahidi, who leads the economic and societal work here in Geneva. Uh, before we hear from each of them, I want to turn over a couple of uh, rules of uh, housekeeping for the briefing. If you have questions, please use the Q&A Funk Question Live. Perhaps you can introduce the book, its themes, and tell us what the objectives are for The Great Reset. Welcome, everybody, and thank you, Adrian. Let's first look at the impact COVID-19 probably has. We don't know yet the final outcome of this pandemic. There's a lot of uncertainty, but we know already that it will have a changing effect, changing on uh, economies, societies. It's not just to be compared with the economic crisis which we had uh, to pass through uh, 10 years ago. Um, the effect will be much similar to 
world war, and actually all countries in the world are affected. So again, 2020 is like, no, this is going to be, we're doing this. This is like World War style stuff. Lovely, lovely Klaus. So if we look at the impact, of course, uh, we first uh, uh, see uh, the impact on global economic growth, even in the most optimistic um, estimates of the IMF and OECD. Um, we will be back to the output level of the end of 19 only at the, in the best case, only at the end of uh, 21. So look at the debt which we are uh, loading uh, on our shoulders. Uh, so we'll Again, all the, now we must need stakeholder capitalism. Notice a lot of this stuff is economic, again, because it's a planned economic implosion eventually to bring in the fourth industrial revolution, to bring in the central bank digital currency. It was already in debt at an amount of over 300% of GDP. Now, um, the, the rescue programs of the governments represent another $10 trillion, which um, will be added to our debt load and will have to be, in some way, uh, be repaid by future generations. I'm also, of course, um, looking at uh, the unemployment which, uh, and uh, the impact on livelihoods. We know um, many, many people, according to the ILO, about 50% of people in the world will be affected combined, um, taking the combined effects of uh, COVID-19 and uh, the fourth industrial revolution. And finally, not to forget uh, the figures. I mean, we, we look at the statistics, we see uh, 500, more than 500,000 people who have died. Um, just imagine the personal tragedy which is behind all those cases. So we have to be very careful not just to look at the figures. Look, the bottom line is they exploited and caused those type of deaths. They're the ones that suppressed the real medication and treatment. They're the ones that pushed the lockdowns, the hate, the lies, the masks, the injectable bioweapons. Now, when we look at COVID, I think we should um, distinguish between three phases. We have the three R's, restrain, which means to fight the virus, the hot phase, most countries are in today. Then we have recover, to go back to a kind of new normal. And finally, the reset, which means to define and to design the strategies um, which uh, should lead us uh, in the after-corona phase. Um, what is the objective? What kind of world do we want to build? What do we know? What did we learn? I think the world um, which uh, we want to create with the Great Reset has to be much more resilient. It has to be because security people will demand for more security, um, physical security, health security. It will have to be more inclusive. Uh, we had already a big gap 
um, before the crisis started, this gap will be tremendously increased. So if you want to avoid uh, some kind of uh, social revolutions, and we have seen uh, the signs of anger on the streets uh, already the last weeks, um, so we have to address um, this issue to create a stronger inclusiveness. When they say inclusiveness, that means that we have to bring the tyranny to more people. That's all they want to include. We have to, under the guide of you being safe, bring you under our tyranny. And finally, um, more sustainable because... Um, we know what sustainable means. It means a code word for your standard of living plummeting. So when he tells you a more sustainable future, that means a shittier future for you and your family. Uh, we know now... Uh, that um, the next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner. It's just wait. It's already waiting for us around. We haven't even gotten over this crisis. Already waiting for us around the corner. Right, we, that's why we got the CBDC and the social credit score on tap because we're the heroes. Where we're here to save the planet. I'm done. I'm done. I think that's going to wrap it up for me. I want to remind everybody. Uh, all the documentary films are free. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order, Define and Shade the Motion Picture. Watch them. Share them. The links are down below. Again, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. If you're listening to this broadcast or you're seeing it on the rebroadcast, it is not about left or right. It is always about right and wrong. I love you guys, and I will see you on the flip side.